say that they've figured out how to get around Apple's new face scanning security feature. They say they did it by using a mask that mimics the user's face. Yeah, I know. Oh, indeed, sir. <laughs> they say the mask they used is made of plastic, silicon, and makeup. Or, as they call it here in Los Angeles, a face. <laughs> On the bright side, if someone has a mask of your face, getting your iPhone hacked is the least of your problems. <laughs> Who did it and why, Sean? Uh, well, these are people just kind of testing the limits of the, the software. So... Uh, what they did is it, they used a 3D printer to make it, but what they essentially did is they made a, a replication of a head similar to like what uh, displays like hats are put on uh, on department stores, right? Just kind of the, the vague shape of a face. Oh, gotcha. And then they would print out uh, like two-dimensional versions of the picture of the person in question, right? So their eyes, and they would just kind of paste, they would tape the eyes onto the, the mold of the and face. And they and would that's have, all it took? Yeah, and then they would, and they even, the, the trickiest part was a 3D printed nose that gave it some sort of actual rendering that made it seem more realistic like a face. Uh, Boy, somebody's going to a hell of a lot of trouble to look at pictures of my kids. Well, yeah, I don't really care about for the phone, but for the future of facial recognition technology as security to get in and out of buildings and, you know, your ID at the bank, obviously we need to get a lot better than this. From the article I read, it was about $150 worth of stuff needed to to hack an iPhone. Yeah, Yeah, good good luck. You get into my phone, have a good time. Well, yeah, but I, I see your point, though. If, uh, you know, the evildoers take over the government and then there's no security, they can, uh, they, they probably, I imagine they bury you up to your neck. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> what? And then their <laughs> evil Secret Service uh, face molders come in, they take a mold of your face, then they get into your iPhone, then they have all the secrets. I've been running the resistance. Everybody knows it. Uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got to do better than that. Can't. How about a tongue print? Nobody talks about that. Everybody's tongue is unique. Are you uh, sure about that? No. The pattern of taste buds, etc. You got a little cleavage down the middle? Some people do. Some people don't. I don't know. So you want to hear about Jesus in China or Rand Paul's ribs? Um, We have a guest coming up, uh, but we're trying to connect to Beirut. What's the latest on Rand Paul's ribs? Well, he he got back to the Senate uh, to take a couple of votes, but he was in terrible pain. He couldn't even shake hands with his friends. Couldn't, can't shake hands. Yeah. I could believe that. Yeah. You know, six broken ribs. Hmm, yeah. Accompanied uh, by two aides, he had no obvious scars or bruises, but was clenched in pain as he walked. He declined a friendly handshake from Marco Rubio. He said it might be too painful, but he's been, uh, he remains very mysterious about what caused his crazy French neighbor to waylay him. Are we, are we set? We are. Okay. We've been discussing for a couple of weeks the uh, growing tensions between Saudi Arabia and Iran. It's really a pretty interesting story, I think, because it's uh, it's it's the big one people have feared for 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 many many years. The full on Sunni Shia battle with the heavyweight states involved, and in the midst of those rising tensions, a very odd and mysterious um, set of circumstances revolving around Lebanon's Prime Minister Louisa Lovelock of the Washington Post joins us from Beirut, I believe, to talk about it. Louisa, greetings. How are you? Oh, now she's up. All right. Fabulous. So, Louisa, for folks not following this story, tell us about the odd and mysterious uh, series of incidents involving the Lebanese prime minister. Well, Saad Hariri, Lebanon's Sunni prime minister, uh, resigned 10 days ago in something as a bolt from the blue from Saudi Arabia, its regional patron. The resignation was not expected, and it's really thrown Lebanon into disarray. Ten days later, it feels like there's something of a collective intake of breath here where the political establishment is waiting to happen next. And 
everything that happened in Riyadh has uh, significant implications for the wider region. So this Hariri was a friend of the Saudis. He appears in Saudi Arabia and suddenly resigns his post from there. Uh, did he give a reason? Well, he says that the resignation was certainly something that he chose to do himself. He blamed Iran and the hand of Iran in Lebanese politics. And what that was really about was Hezbollah. Hezbollah is a key part of Hariri's um, unity government. And there are certainly critics of Hariri here who will say that he was just offering cover for Hezbollah to go about its business and control the state. Um, but, of course, resigning from Saudi Arabia, which was Hariri's regional patron, really made this look as not a Lebanese pro- problem, but a Saudi power play in the wider region. And it's something that's really got people's backs up here. Hariri's face is, is on posters across the, the city saying we are all with him. And if anything, it's really united the country against Saudi Arabia rather than divided it as they hoped. Uh, interesting. And aren't some people claiming that Saudi Arabia forced him to resign and he's being held more or less captive in Saudi Arabia? They are. He gave a he gave an interview a few nights ago where he insisted that he was free. He was free to move and he would come back to Lebanon in the coming days to hand in his resignation. However, anyone who watched the video would have seen an extremely tired looking man, a man who at times was, was quite emotional. You know, the prime minister of Lebanon, who has always been a very strong figure, looked um somewhat broken at times his voice actually broke he almost started to cry and the uh, the interviewer cut the interview to go to a commercial break so That's as far as anyone can tell it was not his decision to do this well and as you described so dramatically in your piece in the post he appeared to be looking off camera with some trepidation at somebody behind a a, a glass or something like that the the part that confuses me uh, is that he's allegedly a saudi uh, ally um, why would Saudi Arabia force him out? What are they hoping for? Well, I think that's the big question right now. He he is a Saudi ally, but he hasn't necessarily done everything that Saudi Arabia wanted to. He formed a unity government and indeed was the prime minister of unity government with Hezbollah. But Saudi Arabia's primary uh, goal in the region right now is to isolate Iran. And while he was part of a government with Hezbollah, I think the Saudis thought this was something that couldn't continue. And the crown prince, who's really mounted quite an aggressive power play in his own country at the same time, seems to have forced Hariri's resignation to isolate Hezbollah, a move that hasn't really worked. People who say tensions are as bad as they've ever been between Saudi Arabia and Iran, are they overstating it? I don't think they're overstating it. The tensions are very bad, and it does, it's not isolated to any specific country. Hezbollah and Iran have fighting forces in uh, in Syria, particularly um, they are sort of arrayed with President Assad's forces against the opposition, which is backed by Saudi. But they also have interests in Yemen. They have interests in Iraq. And so this is really a kind of geopolitical power play in which Saudi Arabia and Iran are facing off with other countries like Lebanon, you know, a tiny country, a court in the middle. Well, let's uh, review for folks who aren't familiar with it with Louisa Lovelock of The Washington Post. Hezbollah is a, a political party and an army, correct? It is. Hezbollah has a political role, you know, as I say, it's part of a unity government. But it has much deeper roots than that. It is a paramilitary force which has fought, fought multiple wars with Israel. It has an extensive social network. You know, it provides electricity. It provides handouts for its supporters in, in Lebanon. 
and it's also trained movements across the region who are allied against Saudi Arabia. So it kind of provides this weird role where it does have a governance role, it does have a paramilitary role, but it's also just providing bread and butter for, for the people who support it. And is it aligned completely with Iran? I mean, is it a tool of Iran or is it uh, just uh, their, their allies, generally speaking? I mean, it is a creation of Iran. The history is, is slightly more complicated than that, but it's very difficult to see uh, that Hezbollah's uh, key decisions are taken in Lebanon. In fact, they are almost certainly taken by uh, the Iranians in Tehran. Louisa Lovelock of the Washington Post. Hey, we really appreciate the insight. This is odd, mysterious, and troubling, and, and I hope we can stay in touch. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. In case you uh, missed that, tensions in the Middle East are as high as they've ever been. That is quite a statement. Between two heavily armed rivals that see God differently and want to kill each other for that the moment they wake up in the morning. Both of them armed by the two superpowers on Earth. One by Russia, one by the United States, who would almost certainly get involved if the two countries went to war. And it's one of the major sources of oil. Otherwise, I would go ahead and just uh, follow the uh, the NFL season. Luckily, the oil thing does not play the the role that it did, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Drill, where, baby, drill. Where it, would huh? have, would have, where it would have brought the world to a halt. Luckily, it's not like that anymore. Right. You hardly even, you hardly even hear that mentioned as part of the problem, whereas it would have been the number one issue uh, not that long ago, which is the advantage of becoming more independent energy-wise. But, uh, that, it, you know, I don't know that much about this. All I know is that people that follow this for a living say it's as is, 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 is bad as it's been. Right. Right. Well, if Lebanon, I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in Lebanon. If, <clears throat> if as so often has happened in the past, the various factions decide, I'm tired of voting, time to start shooting. And then uh, the backers of the various factions are going to get involved. That's, that's, that could be the, uh, you know, when the fire marshal shows up to figure out where the fire was set, it could be in Lebanon. It spreads to the whole region. You know, I don't want to freak people out and worry you. You got your own life to live. You got worries. Your kids is that. Your husband's this. You, you know, you got an ache that you can't. You don't know. Your doctor doesn't know what it. Everybody's got enough worries in the world. But geopolitically, this one is worth putting on your newsfeed. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Strangeness. Um, So that's that. Hey, coming up, it turns out it pays to flip off the president's motorcade. There's good money in that. Wait a minute. I'd heard the little gal was fired. She did lose her job, mm. which sucks. I'm not. I'm not. Well, maybe for her that. job was uh, sucky. <laughs> but uh, she's 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 gotten a big chunk of money in the meantime, so that helps. Among other things, we'll talk about coming up. Um. Oh, and Jeff Sessions is going to get grilled again today. Some of his answers on what he did know when don't quite match up with latest revelations. So he's going to be grilled about that. You what know. topic? The Ruskies again? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So my wife has bronchitis, and they put her on this um, antibiotic. So she always takes weird stuff because she's allergic to penicillin, which is a drag. So she can't take anything that's a penicillin. I'm a brother in that struggle, Jack. Are you? You're allergic to penicillin? Yes. Gives me hives. 
And but anyway, so she she uh, she's taking this stuff, and one of the uh, um, side effects listed that that the doctor specifically mentioned to her. Okay, so this is not the obscure end of the list one. Okay, the doctor actually mentioned, you know, watch out for this intracranial hypertension (IH), which is skull pain. Oh boy! Oh boy! You hate to have that. Not not a headache, but skull pain. Right, exactly. As differentiated from a headache. Wow. Man, my skull aches. Oh my god, <laughs> skull pain put really... on a skull pain put on a great show this past Saturday. It was a sold out. It was a small venue. It was perfect. It's too place heavy to see for him. me. Too racket. Yeah, like, I can't now. If you like goth chicks? That's the place to go. Man. <laughs> yeah, true that. Hey, speaking of women, though, uh, did uh, Michelangelo did uh, Laura Colin to talk about her bronchitis? Did, we, did she happen to? Uh, do we have Ain't nobody got time for that. That's all she said. But, we don't have we don't have the whole tape anymore. I, I got have to the find bronchitis. I will do you nobody got time for that. <laughs> so, uh, lady who flipped off Trump's motorcade. You know, th- two interesting things about this. If you've seen the now iconic picture that stands for so many people as part of the resistance. No, the resistance. I'm going to. I, I have a prosecution I would like to mount on how childish and pathetic that name is. How desperately it's trying to steal the weight from movements of the past where you were literally risking your life every single day. Now you show up and you have coffee at Starbucks and talk to your friends about how awful Trump is once a week and you call yourself part of the resistance like you're behind not lines. God, it's sad. I'm sorry. I think you had a point you were trying to make. That's a good point right there. Please, I, I find pathetic. The, I find the use of the term quite annoying as a big fan of oh. uh, World War II and France's resistance and that whole thing. But, but anyway, resist, God, we must. Yes. There's your leader. <laughs> but uh, so uh, the iconic picture, the version I saw, somebody had slimmed her down. <laughs> Did, the first picture oh, I does saw. Does that not summarize the modern world? Yeah, the first picture I saw, because then I saw her face on TV and I thought, well, she's older and, and bigger than the picture I saw. Because the picture, this is the actual picture where she's just a normal looking woman on a bike. Sure. But the picture I had seen, she was way slimmed down to look like, you know, a hot fit suburbanite woman uh, or whatever. I'm sorry. That slimmed down picture is, we have now achieved the perfect description of the modern world, certainly uh, of the American world. First of all, you have the the whole pathetic, I'm part of the resistance thing. And you have this girl, you know, flip off the president's motorcade. Fine. Peaceful protest is a cherished American tradition. But then her, her compatriots decide, you know, it'd be better for us if it wasn't a fat girl. <laughs> so they slim her down and pump that picture out. That is that is a, 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 a decadent, uh, affluent uh, republic. Crumbling. Yeah, I would never flip off a presidential motorcade. But can that's... I see how the original? This is the original pic. I don't know if you've seen the other picture where she's oh, yeah, much, seen the original. much thinner. Yeah, okay. In the picture that uh, that I saw making the rounds last week. Wow. wow. Anyway, so she lost her job, which I think is uncool. I don't think she should have flipped off the motorcade, but I don't think you should lose your job for that either. Just just asking, has anybody put out an edition of the picture where she's like a four hundred pounder? <laughs> Has anybody gone in the other direction? Well, she's a fifty-year-old mother for of two. I, I the right. picture I had seen, she she she's apparently a twenty-eight-year-old mother of none. Right. Um. But whatever. That doesn't matter. It's just weird that somebody would slim her well, down. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
Anyway, so they started a GoFundMe campaign for her, and she, uh, so far she's gotten $73,000 as of yesterday, mm. which is a pretty good chunk of change uh, for flipping off the presidential motorcade as part of the resistance. So yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, do I even have that handy? Um, yeah. I hope oh, you don't have skull pain. Yeah, so listen, as long as I've begun my rant, the the whole trying to grab the mantle of some, uh, you know, uh, political resistors, whether in uh, the Soviet Union or or WW2 France or, uh, you know, people who risked death, torture, death to their family, etc. The whole whole the whole time, day in, day night for weeks, months, years in the cause of liberty, in the cause of defending their people out of patriotism. And to try to grab that heft for meeting at Starbucks once a week or even marching in your pussy hat or whatever, it's just, it's it's a little pathetic and trying awfully hard. But listen, I don't hate you for that. But I, I happen to read this piece that pointed out that the resistance, hashtag resist, includes what this woman calls the indoctrinators. This is most of academia and the education industry. From K-12 through teachers to tenured university professors, administrators, they are hardcore social justice warriors, activists, and lefties. Nobody, but nobody denies education is way, way left. And then she identifies the social media giants, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all of whom lean left and, and often are found, are found guilty of stifling conservative ideas and speech. For instance, Prager University. Dennis Prager, he's a talk show host, he's a thinker, he's a former political, uh, you know, aide to Congress people or whatever it was. They put out videos of a conservative bent. They're interesting. Uh, They're very well done. They're well thought out. They're smart. Maybe you agree with them, maybe you don't. But more than a few of them, uh, quite a few of them, have been uh, uh, blocked by YouTube for being too controversial, uh, too hateful. And I've seen the quote-unquote hateful videos. They're not. They have a point of view, but describe them as hateful is a ridiculous stretch. So you have uh, ad, ad, Apple, Google, Microsoft, then uh, some of your CEOs of huge multinationals, Soros, Turner, Branson, et cetera, et cetera. So they're all pretty big lefties. Then you've got nearly everyone in the media entertainment complex, TV news, broadcast networks, newspapers, websites, the film industry, sitcoms, all of them. The late-night comics, please, all of them spouting a progressive message. And then you've got the Democratic Party, which has, you know, done fairly well through the years. Everybody's heard of it. So the point this person then makes is, does this sound like a struggling, oppressed, and poorly financed resistance? Or does it all sound more like a vast, controlling, obscenely wealthy progressive network that uses all the tools at its disposal to oppose uh, the uh, recent election results, et cetera, et cetera. These tools include indoctrination, propaganda, suppression of free speech, even the violence practiced by Antifa. So the point is, and listen, I'm not whining. I don't think anything I've said is illegal. Some of it's fairly immoral, but you get to do it in America. But quit with the, we're the plucky, brave resistance. But did you read that uh, editorial that's getting so much attention in the New York Times, a, a black a law professor talking about how he's got to tell his kids they can't be friends with white people. No. Because you can't trust white people. I didn't see that. Yeah, it got a lot of attention. That's then Tucker rough. Carlson had the guy on last night. And he's very, um, he, he he was a man of reason, a man of ideas, uh, a thoughtful man, a soft-spoken man. Um, 
an, an absolutely beautiful uh, chance to exchange ideas in a calm way. And, I, and part of me wants to run a great deal of the conversation because I think it it is what cable news isn't because it's people shouting over each other. It was a nice exchange of ideas. But did Tucker look at him like he was eating a bowl of mayonnaise? Well, of course he did. He's Tucker. <laughs> Cocks his head to the side like a dog, squints his eyes, holds his mouth open. Oh, like he's eating someone, watching someone eat a bowl of mayonnaise. I like his show. But um, this guy's point was that black people can't trust white people. White people will not be there for him, and he needs to teach his kids not to trust white people. And um, and it was extremely troubling to me and, and undoubtedly racist. I mean, there was plenty of truth in what he had to say, but I think as an attitude, it was a terrible way to approach life. But, you know, who am I to tell him how to live? Don't but never, one, ever trust whitey. Is that yeah, more or less what he said? More or less, that's exactly what he said. Oh, man. But the one point that he made over and over again is how dangerous it is right now for black people with Trump in the White House. How how his children are in danger, how he's in danger every day. I'm afraid there's so much danger. And I'm where where is this alleged danger? Is that that hundred and twenty inbred moron Yahoos marching in Charleston? There's no danger from those idiots. Everybody thinks they're idiots. What what is this danger? I'm constantly hearing about. I'm hearing gays talk about the danger. You're not in danger. Quit with the drama. We're a nation of drama queens. Hell, the Republican Party thinks that Trump is a loose cannon and has some loose screws and is keeping him at arm's length. Old Roy Moore got rooted out, kicked in the ass, and sent home to Mammy. I mean, sooner or later. What What is this danger everybody's talking about? You're fine. God, everybody likes to be a drama queen. It's victim America. Well, Axios is out with a piece today explaining how much more polarized we are than in recent times. It's pretty interesting with some graphs I was going to talk about later, which will explain some of it, I think. Marshall Phillips, what is coming up in your news? Well, let the grilling begin. Attorney General Sessions facing more congressional questions about Russian connections. Got a special counsel may be appointed to investigate the Clinton Foundation and the Obama-era uranium deal. And all of a sudden, boom, more than half of all Americans have high blood pressure. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, they changed the guidelines on what blood blood pressure is something to worry about. And, well, I uh, thought all of a sudden everybody was stressed. And, no? and now a whole bunch of people that were okay before are not okay. Which is, uh, that's, a, that's a big one. So as a guy who's not a big fan of the R's or the D's, I'll tell you what's going on. We're reaching new heights of demonizing our political opponents like during uh, election season. That if he takes over, we will all be jailed and tortured. If they take over, we will instantly be a communist state. And so we're pitching this ridiculous, monstrous cartoon version of each other. But... People are either pretending to believe it or actually believing it. Meanwhile, the R's and the D's all make each other rich in Washington, D.C. and laugh at all of you as you're fighting each other. Yeah, I'll get into that polarization graph stuff. The interesting conclusion being, it ain't over. We're headed that direction. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. sure we get to this um new guidelines for blood pressure thing because this this there's a whole bunch of people might be listening right now are gonna think oh don't yeah I, I thought i was in the clear now i'm not new guidelines 
Uh, so news now with Marshall Phillips. All right. First off, though, we're going to deal with Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who's going to be facing questions at this hour regarding Russia when he appears during a Justice Department oversight hearing in the House. Sessions. How do we feel about Saturday Night Live's portrayal of Jeff Sessions, that, uh, that little uh, weird elfin creature? I find that uh, troubling <laughs> and unfair. Disrespectful. I like the way Jeff Sessions, I've been watching a little of this yeah. this morning. Yeah. He sits there with a look on his face like, you got nothing on me and I'm smart enough to handle this. That's, that's the look on his face. Well, he knows. I can handle whatever you got. Well, he knows he's got to do whatever he can now because need he needs to hurry up to the North Pole to start making toys with Santa coming up. It's his busy <laughs> hey, turn season. off your mic, Sean. Turn off your mic. That is disrespectful. <laughs> oh, but he, he is, yeah. you know, a, a lot of times uh, Southern, well, a lot of times Southern people get over because they got the whole slow talking thing and people assume they're not smart. And the chairman accent yeah but you can also be a, a really shrewd lawyer and talk like that and i think he yeah. is sessions accused by democrats of making conflicting statements about his past meetings with russian officials legal analyst andrew cohen there are basic contradictions between what jeff sessions said during his senate confirmation hearing when asked about the trump team's ties to russia and what we now know to be the truth so uh, much so that some legal experts wonder if the attorney general didn't commit perjury uh, I expect many questions. I expect few answers about all of this during the hearing. Testimony going on at this hour. He's going to go with a lot I don't recall. Right. Um, right. To which I, I I think in some cases the reason he doesn't recall is because they were minor meetings for a candidate he didn't think any chance had any chance of winning. I think that plays a role. Meanwhile, the attorney general is letting it be known a special counsel could be appointed to look into the Clinton Foundation dealings in an Obama-era uranium deal. The Justice Department is saying in a letter to the House Judiciary Committee that the AG has directed senior federal prosecutors to evaluate certain issues raised by Republican lawmakers. So they're swirling around that uranium deal and the Clinton Foundation. I would really like to see that one vetted. And listen, I've read both sides of this argument. And, for instance, the WAPO fact-checker went big on the fact that, well, Hillary Clinton wasn't the person to approve the uranium deal. Yeah, but she was the sitting Secretary of State. She visited with the White House or the President constantly. And if she needed a big favor done, she could absolutely get that done. That's not plausible denial. Maybe plausible deniability, but... So, yeah, let's get to the bottom of that one. And Willie Jeff coincidentally gets half a million dollars to go over there and babble for 40 minutes at some luncheon. Yeah, there's a coincidence. Story that's making a lot of people set back today. Tens of millions more Americans now have high blood pressure. Almost half of all Americans, 46%, are now considered to be in the high blood pressure category based on new guidelines. Half of all Americans are in the high blood pressure category with the new guidelines. Yes. It, huh, we are a very fat people. Oh, I certainly am. But, uh, yeah, hmm. it's, it's if you're systolic, the first number is 130 or higher, right? Or over 130? Well, yeah, yeah, 130 or yeah. over 80 now. That's yeah, it used to be 140. 140 over 90, yeah. And they, right. they yeah. And, and, and you were in what they called pre-hypertension. Correct. And doctors are now saying that doesn't make any sense. You're either in it or not, and you're in it at, at above 80 and above 130. 130 so, over 80, yeah. I don't. I don't know what to come down on this because we are a very fat country, and and we're an overcaffeinated country in a way that we True. never used mm-hmm. to be. True. Mm-hmm. We're a fat. We're a fat people who drink a lot of uh, monster energy drinks. Yeah. Matt, there's also a lot of money in getting. Uh, you know, opening up a whole new gazillions of people who need blood pressure medicine. Yes. Right. This reclassification involves half of all men, 38% of all adult women in the U.S. So Americans are being urged once again. 
try healthier lifestyles, better diet, more yeah, exercise. you try a healthier lifestyle. Oh, hey, <laughs> settle down. Losing weight, limiting alcohol, not smoking, and cutting down on your caffeine. All those will help. Healthy lifestyle, not a go. So does caffeine keep your uh, blood yes. pressure up all the time or just no. when you're on it? No, just while you're on it. Yep. Huh. So I ought to... Uh... I ought to try getting my blood pressure taken sometime on a day when I've had no caffeine, see if it makes any difference. Yeah, I've been, any questions, ask me. I've been treated for hypertension for years. It's it's surprising, too, because I'm as placid as a lamb. Anybody who knows me <laughs> knows that about me. But but if I but if you go, if you regularly drink coffee, right, right. and then you don't drink coffee the day you get your blood pressure taken, are you kind of, like, lying, cheating yourself? Yeah, like you're not, cheating. You're cheating. You're not letting yourself know what you're walking around with most of the time, aren't you? Well, c- yes, yes. I mean, you need to know what your blood pressure is naturally because without caffeine, because it could be it's running super high because of genetics, sure, which is a huge, huge factor, or your weight or your lifestyle or whatever, putting aside caffeine. But then, you know, yeah, it's reasonable. It's, it's regularly 120 over 72, say, except you're That's always about fiend up like a lunatic. That's also me. Well, then, yeah, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. The other day I was running late for a doctor's appointment. I had to park a long way away. There was a parking problem, so I ran across a couple of parking lots, and I didn't even think about it. They did my blood pressure, and I was like 140 over 100 or something. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm dying. Oh, that's right. I just ran a half a mile. Yeah, see, that's not too bad for some of us. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's high-ish. That scared the bejesus out of me. Nah. Every day with me. You don't know how it is. <laughs> oh, boy. So we got we to gotta stay tuned to Jeff Sessions, see if he says anything exciting. So Marshall will keep us up to date on that whole thing, right? Yeah, and we may have a grand champion changing a school name stupidity winner. Awesome. Love those stories. I love to hate those stories. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You want to feel pressure? I am suspicious of this because of the source, the Washington Post, which has a dog in this fight, having endorsed his opponent. The Post has successfully put a narrative out. The media has been quick to convict Judge Bourne before ever even hearing this interview or his side of the story. You can't help thinking about the timing here. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question. The timing, why are these reporters always reporting? Yeah. Someone should investigate that. I would love to see someone try this one day as a defense in a courtroom. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you think it's a little suspicious that every time I've been arrested, it's been by the police? Mm. And the the timing question is is always an interesting one. Um, Sometimes if you have something bad on somebody, it's real, but you wait until it'll do the most damage. Right. I've also heard it expressed that I could deal with him being out there having done what he did. 
but I can't deal with him being lifted to this exalted position and being wor- uh, worshipped. I can buy That's that. That's it. I can buy that. Yeah, I think that, that rings true, which is not, and uh, you know, it's funny. I, I ought to just say what I say and not worry about it. I see some of you getting angry. You don't know that the allegations are true? No, I don't. I don't claim to know. I don't get a shred of evidence and immediately announce my certainty, which seems to be, well, it's certainly popular on the Internet. Um it's just uh, there is a pretty reasonable human explanation of why somebody would wait this long. There are a couple of them. We got some uh, police activity on the street outside the radio station, so we're looking out the window trying to figure out what's going on. There's uh, three police vehicles engaged. How many many guys did we see run in the building hands on guns? Four ran in, one standing outside. But I'll tell you what, they've got the most threatening of all police cruisers out there, the Ford Taurus. Which, uh, you know, they mean business. There's no effing around when you show up in a Taurus. <laughs> you show up in a Ford Taurus, you're there to do business. So Wow. So, wow, they, they had hands-on guns when they went in? Yeah. So we'll what see is if that, they, an apartment building? We'll see if they drag out some miscreants. Yeah. What do you think's going on there? Sex trafficking? Meth lab? Russians? Chatting with a passerby. Some sort of Russian thing. What, okay, do we have a pool? Do we have a bed? It's got to be a bet to make me in, to get me interested. Wow, that's sad. Uh, yeah. That's sad. I'm saying, sorry to say this, but I'm saying early morning domestic violence. Ooh, I hope not. Um, So Jeff Sessions is getting grilled uh, for Congress. Just one headline out of there. I'm sure Marshall will have more in his news at the bottom of the next hour. But he did say uh, there's no inconsistency in any of my statements, regardless of what you've heard in the news. And then he does say, quote, I do now recall the March 2016 meeting at Trump Hotel that Mr. Papadopoulos attended. But I have no clear recollection of the details of what he said during that meeting. Mm. I do now recall the meeting. I didn't read before. Okay. How well, does that how does that work exactly? Well you sit around for a while. Ah no. No, nah, I do remember. No, I because my memory is completely like that. I will deny I've seen a band. And then somebody will show me a picture and I'll say, Oh, right. Mm. Right. And then it'll flood back. The uh, now listen, that picture of is that a cop? No, it's not a cop. <laughs> Thought we had action. Thought we did. Stand down, everybody. Ford Taurus with its lights on outside the building. Now, listen, it could be that he saw that picture that we all saw of them sitting around the table. And thought, I better not continue to say I was not in that meeting. Well, no. And he thought, <laughs> oh, yeah, sitting there at the table. Now I get it. See, I I have a huge gulf between my aided and unaided recall. Mm. I, I, I have giant swaths of my life I cannot remember unless somebody gives me a detail or two. Then it all comes flooding back. Honest to God. Interesting. And I don't know what Sessions up to or if he's clean or dirty. I'm not trying to make a case for him. but Well, that's... I can tell you that's not going to play well in the press today. The I do now recall the March 2016 meeting. You mean when people showed you a picture the of it? Liberal and media. You had, and you had no choice but to say that's somebody who looks like me or I was drugged and put there or something. I mean, what are your other choices? How about I didn't think Trump had a chance in hell and I wasn't really paying attention. Or, or yeah, here we are with our foreign policy team. <laughs> Or if somebody shows you a picture and you say, I still don't remember that meeting. I mean, does that make you seem like you shouldn't be the attorney general? <laughs> well, I don't know. God. I just, wait a minute. You of all people, you of all people imputing others for having a bad memory. If I were to say, you remember that uh, meeting in March when we were sitting around talking about the show? <laughs> You'd say, No. With a, I could send you a picture with a with a Russian who said uh, I can set you up with Putin. I would remember that one. Oh, 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 do you mean Papadopoulos? Yeah. Oh, he's not a Russian. Uh, you confuse me. 
You say, no, Papa uh, is saying I could set you up with Russians. I could get you in touch with Putin. And and immediately somebody said, "That's no, we're not doing that." And then the discussion moved on. Yeah. You don't think they would remember that? I don't know. Again, I think the reason they don't remember it is because nobody thought Trump was going to win, so they weren't taking these meetings very seriously. Yeah, I, I think the excuse is not flattering for Trump. I think it was a hastily thrown together photo op foreign policy team meeting to look like he had a foreign policy team. Right. And nobody remembers it because much because he didn't at the time. Because he didn't. And he right. was getting pressure. And I and, and the reason they don't remember these meetings is because they weren't really much of meetings. Right. They were asked to show up. They showed up. Yeah. So yeah. that makes sense. Well, me. and w- what's at the core of this? I mean, is it a, a perjury charge we're talking about? So as usual, it's the cover up, not the crime. Is there a crime? Is it collusion? Collusion isn't illegal. Is it immoral? Is it un-American? Maybe. What is all this about? Oh, I'm not worried about it. I'm just... I just so, think it's funny. I just I wish I wish everybody just settled down. Let old man Mueller do his thing. When he's done, just let us know what you oh, found, yeah. old man. Absolutely. Remember Sarah Westwood of the Washington Examiner? We just talked to her all the time. We're going to talk to her coming up. Terrific, love her. A little bit about that stuff. You got one of those school name changes? Oh, this one's an all timer. Love those stories. Oh, this one's dumb. <laughs> and we are more divided than ever than ever, according to graphs. So stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.